The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Feeling better? Looking better? Making life better? It's Life Tips. Life Tips. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life tips. Life tips. Life tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Welcome your hosts, Byron White and Amanda Smith. Welcome to the show, everyone. Amanda, how are you? I'm doing even better than usual. Aha. That's exciting to hear. Before we chime into our guest today, a gentleman named Doug Green, who is a social media fanatic, published a couple of books, and is a garden guru of many sorts, Um, let's catch up. We had a big, fun uh, content marketing webinar earlier today. That was fun. How did that go? Was that an awesome success? You know, I I, I think it was a breakthrough moment for me with my career, strangely enough. Awesome. Oh, that's so good to hear. You know, I was. this was the first webinar that I ever did, uh, mm-hmm. that I ever have completed successfully in my life. And to add spice, um, we decided to video it, adding more, more pressure and more intensity, mm-hmm. uh, combining that with the fact that we were learning the new technology platform. Um, it just made for an exciting... <laughs> Hour. <laughs> now, are you guys going to post it online so that if, if people missed, they can see it? Uh, we are indeed. Um, we had a, a huge turnout. Um, it will be posted in the Content Marketing Center on Idea Launch, mm-hmm. um, and we will make it available to, of course, all the gurus at Life Tips as well uh, with login privilege, and we'll probably post it back in the guru area of Life Tips so the gurus can listen in and check it out. And uh, you know, I think it was it was an important piece. I spent a lot of time doing the doing the diligence and the research necessary to kind of uh, add the value and make it clear and concise and to the point and talk about this revolutionary new uh, field of content marketing, which we here at both Life Tips and Idea uh, Idea Launch find ourselves in the middle of. It's 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 uh, it's it's a great time to be in the content business. Well, you know, there was a lot of buzz around the office this morning about the webinar and how how well it went. And if I might make a suggestion for your next webinar, might I suggest that you do it live from our new gold sofa? Dead man's couch. <laughs> <laughs> and that story will be revealed on a future Life Tips radio show as to mm-hmm. where the nickname came from. Yep. Uh, but we're right now we're we're examining. Uh, a creative campaign around the disclosure of the full background of the Life Tips Dead Man Couch. I love it. Secret secrets. <laughs> We're going to keep it secret to the public until we decide to come out with a story that will be sure to <laughs> shock and amaze all. So stay tuned for that. Um, anything uh, on your agenda? How's the wedding planning going? Anything we should know about? Wedding planning, we are in the final stretch. And the, the closer we get to, to the deadline date um, is the more excited that I get and, and the less excited my poor fiancé gets. But I think he's, uh, I think he's eating away the, the agony of having to marry me for, for all of eternity. 
He's been uh, he's been cooking like twenty pounds of pork every week. I don't know what's going on with that. I think that's a uh, that deserves some psychological exploration. But you know, we're we're <laughs> getting down to the deadline. <laughs> oh, lovely music, George. <laughs> lovely music. Thank you for that. It's really moving. I'm shedding a tear right now. While I go get some napkins to shed this tear for a happy moment that I'm imagining and visualizing for for Mandy's wedding, let me uh, let's take a quick station break so we can regather our thoughts. Back in a second, everyone. Life tips will be right back after this short break. Did you know? 99designs is the leading marketplace for graphic design on the Internet. Did you know? 99designs connects you to a community of over 35,000 designers who will compete to do the best work for you. Did you know? 99designs allows you to post projects for logo design, web page design, t-shirt design, and more. Did you know? 99designs projects need an average of over 70 different design options for a price that you set. 99designs. When designers compete, you win. Does your website need a bailout? Looking for a conversion rate stimulus package? Do you need a website improvement to-do list? On Target, a subscription service from Future Now and Brian Eisenberg monitors your website 24-7, analyzing the actions of every potential customer. It gives you a to-do list. It tells you exactly what to fix and how to fix it so that more of your visitors do what you need them to do. On Target pricing starts at $1,000 a month. See more at futurenowinc.com slash on target. I'm Brian Eisenberg. And I approve this message. So you're telling me your affiliate program on the local Pages Affiliate Network is performing as well as your handicap? Absolutely. Thanks to their top-tier XML feed, I'm able to monetize all of my traffic. They handle all of my volume to anywhere in the world. Plus, I also get high cost per click and the most exclusive of advertisers to work with. You should join the club. Sounds good. I can't wait to join. But first, let's work on that T-shot. Use the power of local pages with over 5 billion searches per month and the largest database of paid search listings. Let Local Pages Affiliate Network personalize your account and give you the search tools and solutions you need. Become a Local Pages Affiliate today with LocalPages.com. Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. Stay ahead of the trends with Affiliate Marketing Insider. Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to the show, everyone. We're here with Doug Green, a specialist uh, in a variety of, of 1,800 varieties of perennials and annuals and is a plant, owns a plant nursery, I believe, and has over 20 years of experience. Doug, welcome to the show. Hey, welcome. Thanks, thanks for having me on. We're of course most interested to dive into your mahogany folk book, a folk boat that you also own, uh, as well as a Triumph sports car, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> um, but tell us a little bit about your uh, the method to your madness, both online, which our our, our fellow listeners of, of the Webmaster Radio community want to hear a little bit about how you're using the web to promote your talent and your business. Uh, but give us give us a summary of what you do and how you do it. Okay, when uh, I was running my own nursery, and this uh, I shut the nursery down in '98 to go full-time writing. Um, I got writing books to put my kids, my kids through school and magazines, and discovered that gee, there was a lot more money to be made in writing than there was in the nursery gardening business. 
Um, and it's a lot easier. You know, there's no two o'clock uh, wake up calls when the power goes out in the greenhouse or you got an ice storm or something silly. Um, so in 98, I went full time writing and was chucking out books and magazine stuff. But in 02, as you may very well recall, we had a little thing called a, uh, a burnout, a meltdown in the bubble. And uh, that took out the, the publishing industry pretty, pretty much. Um, and the books and magazines pretty much disappeared with that. So mm. I sat back. I'd had a, a website for since, I don't know, 95 or so for the nursery. And, and, and look, you know, for the next couple of years, I was lucky. I got offered, uh, I was actually, you know, headhunted for a job and, and uh, took it because there was no money else coming in. Uh, spent three years looking at the net and saying, how do I move a publishing Empire. How do I move this business to the internet? Because it's it was fairly clear, I think, at that point that there wasn't going to be a recovery to the traditional, you know, uh, print publishing. Um, I sat down and started figuring it out. And uh, and it, frankly, I, it looks like I have touch wood. You know, reaching up to touch the top of my head, um, I have created a little uh, gardening empire. So, yeah, I know a little bit about gardening, and I know a little bit about writing. I'm not sure I consider myself, you know, a social media guru. Um, it, 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 like, a lot of people like to sort of brand themselves that way. I'm just looking at uh, at running a publishing, writing business online now, uh, you know, when things sort of disappeared in the print world. I'd love to go back to the print world, but uh, that's not going to happen, so... You know, it's like, how do you do this? How do you set that stuff up while maintaining a lifestyle that mm-hmm. you'd like to become, you know, accustomed to? So, so let's review. Sort of the- so, you are you are you a are you making your living now, if you will, publishing uh, books and eBooks and uh, you know downloadable creatures that are selling on Amazon? I know you're number one in Canada for a couple of books. Just give us a flavor for how big this empire is and what kind of assets you have in your empire. Okay, right now what we what I've done is created a six website traffic generating system. Uh-huh. And that currently has between 4 and 5,000 individual pages on it uh running probably this year all things being considered we'll run 10 million visits on that uh, on those websites combined. Uh-huh. Uh, so from there it's a funnel like every other uh, kind of business or marketing business. Um, I do sell ebooks. So I, I, you know, I'll take that funnel into uh, a newsletter, uh, which I think has uh, just under fourteen thousand. Uh, we would have been a lot higher, but we actually had to clean the list from one uh, company to uh, to another, and that really chewed us up. So we're we're coming back. Uh, I expect you know to uh, we're put forty, fifty, sixty people a day onto it uh, right now. Uh, so we run that newsletter. Now, from the newsletter, um, I mean, I'm selling ebooks. I am selling online content seminars, uh, something that we started experimenting with this year and really liked it. Um, and so, you know, those are the two major things that I'm looking at in terms of income, bringing that funnel down from a marketing perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, su- supporting that, I, I mean, though, is is a whole bunch of uh, SEO activity on the uh, on the main traffic websites. So each one of those, I would say the first 1,500 pages that are uh, the main traffic pages are, uh, are fully SEO'd on, uh, on individual garden search terms. 
um, that that's rising exponentially as I have a whole bunch of uh, reader content now, so people can ask questions on my sites and uh, about all the, the the major ways that they can you know uh, have to get into gardening or questions they have about succeeding, and I can answer those. And a lot of those are keyword stuffed as well. So that some of those uh, readers you know type pages are are good content. Um, I really look at it as a as sort of a, a multiple uh, kind of uh, system where the search engines, at least in in the way that I look at the world, the search engines ha- are mimicking the human brain. I mean, we're really at you know Skynet version one, um, where I think that we have some long-term memory, we have some short-term memory, and then we have some forgotten but recoverable memory. So, you know, if if somebody uh, showed you, said to you, you know, do you remember X and Y, and you said, no, I don't remember that, and they showed you a picture, and you said, ah, yeah, that's, 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 you know, so-and-so. That's kind of like the recoverable stuff that I think is in the supplemental index. Uh, that main index is like the long-term memory, and then the short-term memory, I believe, is all the the stuff that has a slightly uh, faster link decay. Some of the blog material, the news material. Uh, so when you look at uh, at creating then traffic, which is really the the driving source. I mean, you can have all the eBooks or seminars you want, but if you don't have the traffic to to generate the customers. Um, and so I look at it and say, okay, I need the evergreen stuff. I need that, that midterm memory, that long-term memory that people are going to use, um, and I need some short-term memory. And that's where a lot of the social media stuff come, comes in, in terms of saying, how do I keep Google interested? How do I keep this stuff fresh? Uh-huh. Uh, so that's kind of like the overall schematic of things. Uh, you know, that sounds details, interesting, you know, and I've got about 600 questions that I'm going to fire at you, so you're going to need to give me time to answer, ask about 580 of them. So, um, All right, so first couple quick bullet point questions for you. How many, how many followers, for example, do you have uh, on, 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 say, Twitter? Let's just use that as a media platform right now. How have you used that uh, to, to grow your, 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 your traffic and, and your subscriptions and your overall visibility? Yeah, now, now, Twitter is an interesting thing, and so is blogging in the gardening world. Mm. And I tend to be a little bit of a heretic here, okay? Um, the people who read gardening blogs are garden bloggers or garden writers or garden editors. Yeah, some of the, and the allied trades. In my opinion, very, very few people actually, gardeners, actually who are not you know who are not berserker gardeners okay the general run-of-the-mill person who wants a gardening question answered is not reading a garden blog it's the media it's a very incestuous little world we love it dearly um, some wonderful people but we all read each other's stuff for the most part yeah so and give me an idea of, for followers I got eight, uh, on the on the Twitter I got about 800 followers 800 okay yeah, do you feel like you drive any traffic from Twitter? I mean, you you can look at your analytics, or, or is that driving Absolutely. any traffic for you? Absolutely, and uh, it's you know two to three percent. Okay. So if I okay. put so if I how put about Facebook? Up, Spin me through Facebook. Now, Facebook uh, is something that I have just started to look at. 
And, uh, I, you know, I started reading about it and figuring out what that's about. And, and it's really early days. I mean, it's like two or three days that I actually signed up on. And uh, so I just start, started to sort that out. It hasn't, and it hasn't been big then. in my uh, world. Talk, well, talk to me about your blog. How many blog posts are you making on a daily basis? And, and you're managing yeah, on multiple or, sites, but... One or two a week. That's it? It's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that. It's not that. Uh, well, first of all, blogs don't make any money in the gardening world. Um, secondly, it's really about pinging uh, the other garden writers uh, because mm-hmm. again, they're the ones that are reading it. Um, right. And you know, it's it's. I've, I've run some trials on that, and it's uh, it's not uh, it's not as as enthusiastic a response as other people would get. I mean, if you go to Technorati, uh, I mean, people who knit have more blogs than gardeners. I mean, even though we got 90 million households who garden um, in some way or another, the, the interest in garden blogs is minuscule. Okay. Tell me, Again, tell me a little you know, bit I'm, about the content strategy then. Lots of pages, eight, 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 or 4,000 pages you were talking about combined on a number yep. of different sites. How much fresh content are you, are you pumping onto those sites to help you continue driving your, your 10 million uniques a, a year? Okay, the... The interesting thing here is that I'm using some software that allows people to ask questions. And every, uh-huh. time, a quest- every time a question comes in, um, that actually creates a new page. Uh-huh. So, so with that kind of software, the answer goes in, so I have a brand new page with a question and an answer, and then people can actually, and this happens a lot, People will actually decide they don't like part of my answer, and they'll they'll add to it or they'll change. You know, they'll say, uh-huh. "Doug, you're wrong." Da 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 da. And we have actually have a little conversation on each one of those new pages based on interesting. Questions. Wow, that's so cool. I'm 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 probably generating fifty, sixty, seventy pages a week. I'll go in for an hour every morning and answer, uh, you know, two or three questions per site. Yep. Yep. So that's yep. new content that's pinging on Google. Because yep. each one of the sites also has an RSS feed that, that yep. talks, you know, directly out. And have you that? That's really neat, and it's and it's great data. Um, uh, have you? Do you, out of curiosity, what is the repeat visitation overall within your empire? Um, that's Take a wild a, guess. That's an interesting number, and and. Frankly, I don't really have something um, that is really accurate. Uh, most of the sites were really only converted to uh, Google Analytics in the last uh, eight or nine months. Up to that point, I really didn't worry about that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, there is a core, but for the most part, um, my sense is that I'm bringing a lot of fresh traffic, a lot of that. And this was the strategy. Um, I mean, if you, if you take a look at a website and say, you know, there, you, you can either inform people, you can entertain people, um, or you can socialize, um, you know, and there's some, there's some bleeding and crossing over it. You can't entertain them, you know, if you can't give them information in an entertaining way, you're toast. But, if you take a look at those three purposes of, of a website, then I decided that my purpose was straight info, uh, to make it interesting, to make it good. And so, you know, I rank highly on a lot of terms. So mm-hmm. I'm sucking in people who are looking for questions. And my concern, of course, is how do I make them sticky and how do I get them into my mm-hmm. Twitter chain? Mm-hmm. 
Right. But you're solving a lot of problems. What, what, what about your email? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, is the email a I big part of the traffic it. drive I mean, as well? I'm sorry? Is the email that you're sending out, you're blasting out about 14,000 emails. I assume it's like a weekly email maybe. Uh, yeah, it's a weekly. It's a weekly. Right. So is that a good chunk of the traffic as well coming to your site? I can spike. No, it's, I can spike the traffic. So With I can an email send campaign, somebody yeah. to a to a blog post, or I say, look, you know, in fact, this week I just put up a video on, uh, you know, how to make a tomato support. So I went out and made it, and uh, and I will spike probably a thousand fifteen hundred to a video like that on the blog. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that hard, and, and it, it depends on you know what the content is. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about something that's uh, topical, that's uh, that's fairly dated, or People are are having the problem in their gardens right now, and you provide mm-hmm. some kind of solution. You can really create a spike, but for mm-hmm. the most part, that spike is like everybody else's spike: twenty four hours, thirty six hours, and it's done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's an interesting question for you. Um, you know, you you have published books in physical printed books in the past, correct? Yep, eight of them. Yep. S- sorry. I got you have, correct? That are, that, yep. Got it. Do you feel like um, that your name is being associated in the SpiderBot's mind, if the SpiderBot has a mind, calculated mind, I suppose, engineered mind, um, that is giving you validation and authority for your sites? Is your name physically on the sites? I'm sure it is, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, and your name, like of course, is on ISBN numbers. Do you, do you feel like that has a play in why you're successful right now? Um, you know, I, I would, I would be, it would be lovely to think that that is the case. I have no data on that. So, I mean, it would be lovely to say, yes, you know, all the work that I'm doing and the newsletter and stuff uh, counts, um, but... Um, probably the reality is outside of a small circle of friends. Yeah, probably not. But who knows? I don't. I don't have any data. Right. Well, we're going to try to get some data for you on that because I'm. I'm convinced that it, it. It. It's. It's part of your secret sauce now, without you knowing it. I think Google is is paying very close attention to ISBN numbers. They've been very close to the overall publishing industry. Um, I've been saying this for years now, and I'll continue to say it, but, you know, to me, it's not just the volume of content that a website is pumping out. It's who wrote the content and what the quality of the content is. Um, the web, of course, has its root in the academic world, and there's 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 seemingly a, a natural, uh, you know, secret sauce behind Google's analysis of websites to dig down and search who owns the domain name, uh, whether that owner uh, has ISBN numbers associated with their name, uh, whether people on, on the website have, have association with, with ISBNs. It, it, it's fascinating to me. It really is. That's, um, that's actually, uh, you know, Byron, that's actually a really interesting thought. Um, and I had not considered that in any way, but having, having had you mention that, you can bet within the next two weeks I'm going to be tying ISBN numbers uh, <laughs> to all of my books, yeah. and uh, we'll see if that uh, changes anything. Moves the needle. Good for you. I think that's exciting. The the um, 
You know, I, I want to take a departure uh, for one second, and I don't think I've ever had this much excitement with a guest before, but you are truly the perfect type of guru that Life Tips is actually looking for. Um, I'm not sure if you've looked at lifetips.com. The garden site on Lifetips, ironically, is our biggest site on there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it has currently about, I think it must have six or 700 tips in it. And it drives a huge volume of traffic, strangely enough, just that individual site on a monthly Byron, basis. We, we actually have uh, Sherry Ann Richardson is, is yeah, our, our guru that. to thank for that. She's actually listening in right now. She's been uh, IMing me questions as we go, but she's, oh, uh, she's been we one of our most active and, and socially media clued in gurus out there. She actually recommended Doug today. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. My question for you is, you know, is what benefit do you think a web, you know, becoming a guru in a community like Life Tips could have on a publishing empire like, like, like you've created? Um, mind you, we publish a 101 tip book for all of our gurus, as I believe we have already, um, you know, for Sherry. But the, you know, when you look at, when you look at the marketing that you need to do and the guerrilla marketing that you need to grow your publishing empire, right, wouldn't it would appear to me that life tips and becoming a guru on life tips would be like the perfect setup? Yes, no, new exposure, new newsletters, new social yeah, media the, play. There's, you know, there's, over a million you know, unique visitors run- to life tips associating your name with that. Again, it's the authority status plug in and play links to your site. You know, blah blah blah. Isn't isn't that what? Aren't you the kind of person, Doug? We should be looking for. Um. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm flattered, and the answer, of course, is absolutely yes. You should be looking for me. <laughs> um, the, you know, having said that, though, there is, there is so many hours in a day. Yeah. And, you know, and when my agent says, Doug, I have a book uh, idea for you, um, and it's going to take three months of your time to write this book, mm-hmm. and I have a network that, that demands a certain amount of time and I literally get 100 to 200 questions a day on my websites during the course of May um, and I get enough in May to last me the rest of the year for crying out loud. Uh, in content you know, or in ideas? No, in well, questions and ideas. I mean, I just emailed my, uh, I'm thinking of writing another book and my agent, uh, everybody's a little uh, excited that this last one hit number one in Canada and number two in the U.S. and and they're saying, okay, Doug, you know, it's time for you to get back in the book writing saddle. So I asked my uh, my newsletter list uh, what kind of book they wanted to see. Hmm. And I'm still, you know, going down the 300 to 400 responses I got, looking at those things, and I'm chatting with my agents about, uh, agent about that. So it's like, how much time do you have in a day? And then I have to go sailing. I mean, I have a folk boat to maintain. Spitfire <laughs> on the road. And, you know, um, I just carved a golf course out of my uh, my front lawn so that we can be part of the golf tour here on the island. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, you want a life, you know. So I'd, I'd, I don't know, again, quite frankly, about life tips. I'd have to go in and look at the system and say, how does that, it, what's the fit there? Yeah. You know, is there a fit between the two of us? And does that carve out some chunk, something for me that I can't do some other way? Yeah, I mean no, that's it's the honest. Very answer. astute. I, I applaud the 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 candid response. It 
it's you know I, I've been at the Lifesaver program for ten years now, and you know, and meeting so many amazing, wonderful people um, like you that have understood what our mission is to make the world a better place one tip at a time <laughs> um, and to, you know, make life better with the shows like our radio show, which has gone on for a couple of years now, um, and, you know, to really do innovative, exciting things based upon knowledge and wisdom and advice. So, you know, our task is a big one, um, and, and we, we look for great people. But you are really, uh, to me, if I were to sketch the guru, you know, I'm imagining that now the visual is you're on an island and you've got an inner island golf course on people's front lawns. We've got the folk boat going, the Triumph sports car, uh, you know, living my dream of living on the water. There he is. There's Doug Green up there, you know. So if, if Life Tips can continue to meet interesting people like you, we've done something right. That's for sure. So. Um, Mandy, I'm sure you might have some practical questions for Doug, <laughs> like <laughs> well, you, flowers no, actually, for your um, wedding or I've something. I've been talking to some uh, of the gurus uh, about doing, um, <sighs> after we've done some 101 tip books, we were talking uh, about how to expand on that knowledge because, you know, t- quick tips are very digestible, they're easy to read, but sometimes you want a little more information. So we were talking about the idea of doing some videos. I was wondering how long you had been doing the videos for your website and what, what the feedback that you had gotten on those were. Do people find those helpful? How do you, you know, are people watching? Yeah, the um, the videos are one of those really kind of interesting experiments. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I've been doing them for about a year and a half, coming on two years, and it's been a huge learning curve. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually went and took a couple of courses to figure out, uh, you know, sort of the basics of, of, of some of the software, and and it's still learning. It's still figuring out. Uh, you know, the proper scripting and stuff. Um, if I could do a lot of videos, absolutely. Uh, they are huge traffic magnets. Uh, and the people who I get emails regularly saying, oh, that's great, thank you very much, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, I think overall I got about 40-something videos done in the last couple of years, and uh, I think I just passed 200,000 views on YouTube. Now, none of these things have gone viral. I think the mm-hmm. biggest one is about 20,000 views. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's not exactly what I would call, uh, you know, a walking advertisement. The rest are, are, are doing nicely. And, and I can't figure out how to monetize them other than, than the fact that they really make the site, the site sticky, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that reason, I'm doing them. Uh, mm-hmm. And because, you know, my readers really, really like them. But um, if I, I'd love to figure out how to make money on them. But again, I'm too small. You know, uh, I don't go viral with you know the little cute little chicken, chicken or something. So it, it is what it is. I enjoy it, but it's 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 a lot of time. It is a lot of time. Okay, so how long how long would you say start to finish it takes you to to get a video up on your site? And and uh, do you think that there are good tie-in if you're writing a book to direct people back to your site to watch videos? Um, the, uh, let me, let me say that I'm looking probably for a video that I actually have to go out and shoot in the garden. I probably got four hours into it realistically. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting faster and, and more brutal on the editings and scripting. So it's, that time is coming down. Uh, but Final Cut Pro, uh, does take some messing around to keep it working. Um, 
do I see traffic coming as a result of the videos? And the answer is it's YouTube is not in the top 100 refers to my websites. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if somebody comes, you know, says, oh, there's the, because they're not active links. You know, I don't know if somebody says, oh, look, it's Doug Green's garden. Let's type that in and go. Mm-hmm. I have no way of knowing that because there are no active links in the the, the video itself. Mm-hmm. So the answer to your question is, yeah, I kind of think something's happened, but I have no way of knowing. Got it. Okay. Byron, what do you think of that? How many videos do you have, Doug, up on YouTube? Uh, 40-something. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot, I don't and it's have, not even a fraction of, of your traffic. That's interesting. Well, they they actually do ban Canadians now that I think about it at YouTube. <laughs> what do you mean, ban Canadians? Byron. <laughs> they, they might just as well, because we are going to take over the world. I mean, you know, let's be real. <laughs> Especially Canadians that, that own a mahogany folk book. All right, what's up with a mahogany folk book? First of all, what is jealousy, a folk book? Jealousy will get you nowhere. It's a 50-year-old... Uh, five five thousand pounds of mahogany over oak, that uh, is is a uh, is just been a, a sweetheart. Uh, it's a wonderful sailing boat. It's a I don't know if you know a folk boat. It's a European boat designed for the Baltic and the North Sea. The first transatlantic race had two of them in it, uh, both of which lost, by the way. But that was fine. Um, it's a go anywhere kind of sailboat. It's a lovely it's a lovely old uh, old girl of a sailboat, wooden boat. And after wear, I finished the whole day, I'm looking at a spike sp- helmet when you sail this boat. No, 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 no. It just it. You know, I get to wear my white shirt and my white shorts and and walk around <laughs> oh, barefoot and pretend that gives I'm in the, the flavor. The okay. Well, you mentioned a you know, Scandinavian boat. I'm thinking, is it wide? Is it is it is it it's, is it unusually 20, shaped? It's 25 feet long, seven foot uh, wide, but it feet. has a full it has a full keel. So it means the keel goes from right to from the very front right to the very back. It is a standard classic. There are a lot of boats today that were designed on this boat design. So Contessas and uh, a few others, uh, the Sharks, uh, they're all sort of designed after a folk boat. Is it possible to tip it over? And have you ever so it if you've got light wind out there, you'll wind. I'll wind. I mean, I'm sailing, living in the Thousand Islands. So if I, you know, on a light wind, um, I can wind up in Montreal if I'm not careful because the current will take me down. But on a heavy wow. day, on a windy day, when everybody's off the water, that's when the folk boats go out. Really? Oh, that's yeah. A... Tell me about your Triumph sports car. Uh, we call it Folly. Do you need anything more to know? It's a British <laughs> sports car. Well, I had a they Triumph handle like a Bonneville motorcycle, so I'm I'm in the Triumph family as well. But what is it exactly? Yeah. What what? It's a '77 Spitfire 1500 cc engine or 1500 engine, not cc. God, it's it's the, the engine's about the size of a uh, of a highest souped up uh, sewing machine. Um, <laughs> top speed, top speed when it was new, I think was about 110 k. Um, maybe 110 mile an hour, 100 mile an hour. Um, you know, if I get it going 60, 65 right now, I think I'm going to be losing behind. So, you know, we drive her down the road 55. Just, uh, it's, it's a beautiful summer driver. 
I just love the fact that you're our first, you know, gardening guest, and we haven't even talked about gardening. I find that so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but hasn't that been a breath of fresh air for you too? Are you asking me, or were you asking? Yeah, no, Amanda? I think it's great. We've, we've, this is more of an interview with with the the, the garden publishing, you know, mm-hmm. guru of and, and an empire building uh, uh, celebrity of sorts, at least on your own island there in, in Canada. Oh, I'm big on the uh, island. Oh, I do. I've done done a little radio. We have a community radio station, CJAI Community Radio, and uh, yeah, I'm big on the island for radio for uh, gardening. Oh, yeah, that's that's great. That's great. Do you have any tips uh, in general? Do you have any favorite new wonderful exotic uh, perennials or annuals that you are just enamored with that the guests should know about? Um. I'm I'm right now starting to uh, breed my own daylilies, uh, the hemerocallis, and I'm using some of the long-term, long-blooming ones rather than the short-blooming ones. So they're always kind of fun. They're no-brainers. So, you know, somebody can grow those who can't grow anything. You can grow a daylily. Um, but, you know, I was at my kids, uh, one of my my daughter's grads, uh, graduations on the weekend, and she was saying, Daddy, what's wrong with my garden? And I looked at her, and I said, have you watered it, you know, two or three times a week heavily? She looked at me a little sheepishly and said, uh, no. And I said, have you fed it uh, this, uh, this, you know, in the last two weeks? And she said, no. Uh, and I said, okay, so... Doug's first rule of gardening, you know, you only have to feed a plant if you, you know, if you want it to grow leaves, flowers, or fruit, and, and water. And that's it. That's really the, that, if you can do those, you know, those things, if you can feed them and water them, you can grow anything you like. What do you like to feed your plants? Feed? And I use compost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, compost or, or uh, the, the thing that drives uh, people in the cities nuts is that I really like fish emulsion. You know, sort of the uh, composted wastes of fish uh, uh, from fish factories. And this stuff uh, grows plants. It grows them like stink. I'll tell you, you put that stuff on, and it's just the plants are going to grow. They're going to recover. So typically, if I have a rose that's not doing well, I'll give it a whack of that. But every two weeks, I'll give the garden, uh, you know, a spray fish emulsion on. and But it does stink. It smells just like fish. And so if you have, you know, raccoons around, you're going to have visitors at night. Um and you never spray it upwind. Interesting. Can't help but ask you this question. Um, I had my uh, Cape Summer Home uh, power wash recently, and they used an exorbitant amount of bleach. Um, mm. It's had kind of a funky effect on some roses I have planted around the house, and so it just kind of like burnt the leaves, basically, on, on some exactly, of the plants. That's exactly what it Yeah, that's exactly what it did, burned them. Do I cut those off, or do I let them go, or do I? Well, they're going to they're going to die anyway. The leaves so, are. Uh, I'm sorry, the leaves are. Yeah, the plants should be okay. Um, again, I would, you know, if you're going to do something like that, I'd get some of the pick up some fish emulsion at a local store, like at a local garden center, and then just water around the base of the plant, and you're going to find it's going to outgrow all that damage. Okay. And, and putting uh, either fish emulsion in or, or, you know, compost or some of the I'm always nervous that I'm going to, like, kill the roots of the plants and trying to get the, you know, get, get, get the, you know, get the compost, you know, worked into the soil. I always make a big deal out of that. And then there's mulch problems as well. you got to pull the mulch back and pull the mulch over. Do you have any tips on that? I'm gonna, you're going to love me. Mm. One, 
if, if you're mulching your garden, do not pull the mulch back to, to do anything to the garden. Um, all I do is make sure that the mulch isn't around the crowns of the plants, uh, but uh, all of my gardens, and I've written about this a lot, all of my gardens wind up being mulched with, uh, you know, three to four inches of, of mulch because that'll stop your your work about, uh, it'll stop the weeding down by about 90%. Um, so I'm a lazy gardener. And, and the second thing is that uh, when you're putting on compost, two things, you can't put on too much. It's impossible to put on too much real compost. If it's fresh manure, well, you, you don't want to put it on at all. But if it's compost, you cannot put too much on. It's all to the good. Um, and the second thing is, if you have a garden that's mulched, just throw it on the top. The leaves, the, you know, the worms, will, the, first of all, the rain will wash it down through the mulch. And secondly, the worms will come up there like crazy and suck it right back down. They'll eat it and take it down with them. So hmm. don't go to all that work. That's too much work. <laughs> Less work is good. <laughs> oh, I love believe this. it. A uh, couple of weeping cher- cherry trees that are, okay, this is becoming a Byron interview for the personal garden here, but maybe there happens to be 10,000 other people that have the same problem. Um, weeping cherry trees, the, the double weeping cherry trees, I have a couple of them, and they're ones up on a hill and funky on above a wall that I had built, and, and another one is uh, out in front of the road, again, around a wall. These look sickly, man. I mean, they're like, you know, the leaves are kind of, you know, not looking real healthy. Um, any thoughts How long on, have they been there? Finicky weeping cherries? Mm-hmm. Weeping cherries can be kind of funky. It, go and check. Um, there are several things that, that can be happening, depending on, on the, uh, uh, the age of the tree. The first is that sometimes, you know, if you've got a tree that's five, seven years old, sometimes the graft starts to fail. And the tree has outgrown the amount of nutrients that can be provided by the failed graft. So you'll find a tree will struggle. The second thing um, that happens, because that's a grafted tree all the way up and down. Um, mm-hmm. The second thing that happens is that depending on your climate in the winter, this is a tree that likes to burn. This is a tree that likes to struggle. Uh, so if you got it stuck out there where it's going to get some uh, some really nasty winds, you can expect to see that thing having a problem. Um, the the third thing, and and you want to go over around the uh, the tree and check and see if there are any holes in the trunk, and they're usually you know. Um, Six inches to 18 inches up, usually. They can be a little higher, sometimes a little lower. Uh, but you may find you've got some borers in there. And, mm-hmm. and that's, an, that's an entirely different problem. Uh, but that also will create those problems with a lot of those young fruit trees. Mm-hmm. Well, young, you I mean, I've seen, I've seen borers go after a 10- or 15-year-old tree, so it's not going to be that uncommon. What do they do, and how do you kill them? Um, they bore into the tree and then just turn the inside of the tree to sawdust. Um, and they will bore a tunnel up. Uh, organically, um, you have to get a thin wire and feed the thin wire up into the hole to uh, puncture and kill the larva. Fascinating. You'd be a great weekend guest. Feel free to come down. <laughs> yeah. You know... <laughs> Byron, I really appreciate the uh, the offer, but uh, unless you can guarantee me a no gardening questions zone <laughs> with lots of with lots of you know 
sailing or something, boy, I don't know. Everybody wants, yeah. It's, you know, sometimes being a gardener is like being a doctor. Mm. I, 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 I find... I find you fascinating, and it would be fun just to hang out with you as well, Doug. Thank you so much for now, being on the show today. My pleasure, and if you offer me a beer, I can be convinced. <laughs> you have a standing uh, opportunity to, to join uh, my wife and I at our house on the Cape anytime you like, and we won't talk gardening because there, frankly, isn't a lot to talk about around our yard. Um, and uh, and uh, But please, it was really great, and we'd love to see you. Boston. Uh, we'd love to see you in Boston in our office as well. So, thanks for being on the show, Mandy. Anything else? No, I, I think that this is uh, this has re-energized me to get out and start working in my postage stamp-sized backyard. Mm. Well, we have enjoyed the show fully. Once again, Doug, thanks very much. Doug may be already back out. <laughs> He's already back to gardening. <laughs> thanks, George, for another great show, including the wedding uh, music in the beginning of the show and the clapping and everything else. Appreciate everybody <laughs> listening in. Thanks for tuning in. Until next week, I hope your show is a little smarter. Better. Faster. And greener. Right on. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. <laughs>